0: Hi my name is Dr. Mark Allendary and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans Hi my name is Doc Griggs and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert This is the Noise Filter Podcast where an infectious diseases physician That's me and a health literacy and communications expert That's me talk about what you need to know about COVID-19 You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right. Welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Calendary. Dr. Griggs is not able to be with us today. So this is one of my favorite segments uh, in which I get to review some of the interesting public health research that has come out in the past week. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay. So in late January, the CDC actually came out with four incredible studies. Actually, two of them were studies that were looking at schools. One was a viewpoint, and then one was looking at a super spreading event. I'm just going to go over them really quickly. Essentially, what they did was they they looked at one school in Mississippi, and what they did was they looked at about 400 children, and they looked at those that had COVID versus those that didn't have COVID. And what they found, amazingly enough, was that children who attended schools, especially schools where they were masked and also socially distanced, that actually protected them from COVID. But if children were more likely to have a close contact with a COVID-19 case, let's say like a sick sibling or a parent at home, or they went to social gatherings like parties or weddings, or they went to other child gatherings such as birthday parties or playdates, that actually put them at risk for COVID. So essentially what they found was that close contacts with persons with COVID and gatherings outside of school contribute uh, to COVID-19, whereas being in school actually protected children from COVID-19. So it really does speak to the importance of if you do do school appropriately, where you mask and you socially distance, you're going to find that transmission is almost minimal. The same evaluation was done in 17 rural schools in Wisconsin. The schools had an amazing masking culture where there was almost 95% masking adherence amongst students. And what they found was that there was 191 cases among students in these 17 schools, and they were able to track just 4% of those cases were linked to in-school spread. Even though cases were going up in the communities around their school, again, what they found was that with masking requirements and student cohorting, transmission risk within schools appeared to be low, suggesting that schools might be able to safely open with appropriate mitigation efforts in place. So that prompted them to put an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association. And what they essentially said in this viewpoint was that when precautions were in place, they found that scant transmission of COVID occurred in schools. And what they said was essentially, if you are committing to policies that prevent COVID-19 transmission, especially in communities and in schools, this will help ensure future social and academic welfare of all students. Now, the last study that they published was looking at a wrestling event that occurred in December 2020 in Florida, There was about 10 schools from three counties and and there was no masking, especially no masking while they were wrestling. There was a total of 130 wrestlers, coaches, and referees. And what they found was of those that they were able to find, so they, they couldn't contact trace everybody, but a total of 50 of those that they were able to find, 54 of the 130 attendees were tested and about 38 of them were positive. So there was obviously multiple cases. of students and family members who were not at the wrestling match that were positive. And unfortunately, there was an individual who was over the age of 50 who died. So in the end of this one super spreading event, right? they found that there was 1,700 cases of classroom learning that was lost from quarantine of not just infected people, but those others that they may have also come in contact with. Outbreaks amongst athletes participating in high contact sports can impact in-person learning for all students and increase risk for secondary in school and community transmission with potentially severe outcomes from including death. I really am of the belief, and we have been of the belief, that these indoor sporting events should be put on pause right now while we are still navigating our way through this pandemic, especially now that we have these new viral variants. (music) This next study was a really interesting one. It's one that I'm particularly interested in because I'm a public health practitioner here uh, in my local New Orleans area. And so I'm oftentimes questioned with how long somebody's infectious for or what have you. So these infectious study periods are really interesting for me. And this is yet another one and we're starting to see, this is the third or fourth one that hit, has hit my radar. So in other words, these were really well-designed studies that all the results are more or less the same, all right? Because that's what science is, right? In science, we, we are trying to look for continuity of information. So what they did here was essentially, they're trying to answer the questions, how long is a person with COVID infectious? These were uh, researchers out of China, so they looked at 21 hospitalized patients, and they were frequently tested by both PCR as well as viral culture. Now, viral culture is important because viral culture will tell you whether or not the virus is alive, whereas PCR just tells you presence or absence of virus, the viral culture tells you whether or not it's alive. So what they actually found was that the average patient stopped being contagious by day seven after onset of symptoms. So that's amazing. So we usually say about day 10 is what we usually say. What they found, though, was here was that they did find one person who was continuing to be contagious about 12 days after the beginning of symptoms. Again, this is why I think that if we just kind of cut the difference and say 10 days after onset of symptoms. So if you are symptomatic with COVID-19, about 10 days after you develop your symptoms is pretty much when you stop being contagious. Now, the important part of the study also is that if you have a PCR test, you can continue to be PCR positive for months afterwards. So the positive PCR doesn't tell you whether or not you're contagious. The positive PCR just tells you whether or not you still have viral activity in your oral pharynx or your nasal pharynx. So in other words, in your mouth and your nose. So, But we know that that virus is not alive after about 10 days or so. So there's really no reason to go get a test to cure after you get a positive a test. So anytime an employer tries to get one of my patients to get a test to cure or a second test for COVID to show that they're negative for PCR, I always write a note saying that that's not necessary and that the CDC does not recommend that because, again, these PCR tests can be positive for up to 30 or even longer days afterwards. The next two studies that came out also at the end of January also basically looked at the Moderna vaccine. And when they looked at the Moderna vaccine against the again, the uh, virus that emerged out of South Africa, which is referred to as B1351, what they showed was that it reduces vaccine-induced antibodies by a factor of six. And the third study that came out also pretty much was released on the same day. They looked at both the Moderna vaccine and Pfizer vaccine. And when they looked at antibodies for Moderna and Pfizer, when They tested it against the B1351 viral variant or the variant that emerged out of South Africa. Again, they found that there was a six to nine times decrease in potency of antibodies. In other words, the vaccine induced antibodies are weakened against these new viral variants. There's still a lot more new information we have to learn about this, and uh, we will continue to report about these as we get more information. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at NoiseFilter on Instagram, Noise Filter Nola on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.